You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Ian, look at this. What, it's a police box. What on earth is he doing here? Hey, these things are usually on the street. I feel it. Feel it, you feel it? It's a faint vibration. It's a lie. Earth Station Who, a fun mashup celebrating nearly 50 years of Doctor Who universe. Hold tight, you never know where the TARDIS is going next. Who are you? <laughs> I'm glad you asked that again. Bit of adrenaline, dash of outrage and a hint of panic knitted my brain back together. I know exactly who I am. I'm the Doctor. Sorting out fair play throughout the universe. Now please. Get off this planet while you still have a choice. Happy holidays, everyone. This is Earth Station Who, and we are coming to you, and we are talking all about a big finish story. That's right, folks. We are looking at all at the first big finish of the Paternoster Gang, Heritage One, and this is the first of four that they're going to be doing for big finish. And it is... Uh, epic that you know this is new series folks this is like a true spin-off that we actually wanted to see on tv and you know we got it at least in big finish and thank you big finish for doing this bringing madam vastra bringing jenny bringing strax all together again with brand new adventures and we got you know our padanaster gang here all together on top of it so you have me i guess would I be the reptile? And then Mary be Jenny? And then, well, Mike, it's a given. Damn moon. <laughs> <laughs> so we are here all to talk all about it. Happy holidays, guys. Happy holidays. It's wonderful to be here. Howdy and happy holidays. It's gonna it's pretty darn awesome, you know. This is the last episode we're doing before the new series starts. That's amazing. I know it's it's here it's here it's here so it's gonna be a lot of fun and I was actually really surprised by this one uh but before we get started on this one um there really isn't any Doctor Who news since it's you know they're building and building towards the new series so we don't want to spoil anything that they've been showing online that people have already started to be posting you know reviews and is there any going to be any prequels or anything online did you guys hear i haven't seen heard it. about anything like that okay so I mean, they, they do have a like a little teaser about spyfall the first episode right and i didn't watch it because i just want to be fully surprised yeah i didn't watch it either so i think it's i think it's cool that you know we're getting it and fingers crossed we're gonna have more graham that's all i need to say (laughs) so you know we're hoping and you know i I think we did go a little overboard with graham last episode but how can i mean i think we can all agree that the one problem with this big finish uh was there was no graham yeah that's true i would love graham and the new doctor to meet the padded gang i think that would be really awesome especially now you know the doctor is female Graham is great, you know, all the above, you know, I think he would have fit really well into the story. 
Yeah, well, I think he, he pretty much fits in anywhere within the Doctor Who universe. He just makes everything better. That he does. That he does. <laughs> in other words, folks, we have no Doctor Who news, so we're just wasting time right now. <laughs> it's the Graham Report. Exactly. Should we, <laughs> should we change that our name to that for 2020? Our Station Graham. Our Station Graham. <laughs> We could see how the new series goes, and maybe we will. You never know. So we definitely would love to hear from you guys at home. Please write us at earthstationwho at esonetwork.com. Definitely, you know, what are you guys doing for the holidays? Like we said last time, do you have any Doctor Who-themed Christmas trees, menorahs, you know, anything like that? You know, we would love to see it. Our friends, the Faulkners, Michael and his wife, Rosalind, actually have a weeping angel on top of their Christmas tree. Oh, that's awesome. And everything. We have only, to keep an eye on that. that. The problem was the whole time <laughs> right. we were there, I could not keep my eyes off of it. I just had to keep on staring. <laughs> so, at least it's it didn't. I, it wasn't moving, at least. At least I thought it wasn't while we were there. I haven't heard from them today, though, so I'm kind of worried. <laughs> So it's going to be a lot of fun. So we definitely would love to hear from you guys at home. We might as well jump in with both feet, though, and let's talk about this big Finnish adventure. And we had three parts of it. It was actually really interesting because you had the Cars That Ate London, a photograph to remember, and the Ghosts of Greenwich, all directed by Ken Bentley. Uh, Cars That Ate London was written by Jonathan Morris, uh, Photograph to Remember was written by Roy Gill, and The Ghost of Greenwich uh, was written by Paul Morris. Before we uh, talk about the actual stories, I just wanted to sort of, because uh, I, I know pretty much, you know, we're, the reason why we're doing this is because we're big fans of them. Heck, we've met uh, two, two, of the of, three. two of the actors, uh, of the three actors here, and uh, and all of them really wanted to see further adventures happens so i'm glad for for them in particular that uh that this finally came to be but um you know i must admit i i haven't gone back did either one of you like kind of go back or or maybe refresh uh your memory as to when this group started in doctor who because i know it's uh they they all make their first appearance in during a good man goes to war right correct you're right and i can't recall though exactly like were were Vastra and Jenny were they already together then yes they were yes okay well it's certainly implied (laughs) yes it was it was implied and then you didn't see them again until the snowman right but Strax came from somewhere else right he was pulled from uh he was saved by the doctor some in some other time frame right yes and he was in a battleground, and but he was working with humans already he, at that point. He, he's he's literally a doctor, right? Yes, he's a nurse. A nurse. Yeah. A nurse. A nurse. Right. Right. Yeah, that yeah. is right, because he's able to to even feed babies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he is literally a nurse, and it, we thought he was killed actually during a good man goes to war. But they were able to revive him with, I think, Santaran technology. Not Santaran, with uh, Madame Vastra's technology. Hmm. Okay. 
Yeah, so. I'm like, I'm, I really am kind of curious now. I think I want to go back and, and rewatch that as well as the, uh, the, the Christmas episode that they're in. The snowman. The snowman. Snowman, right. Just because, um, just to refresh my uh, memory, because I, I really, uh, I'll say it flat out, I really enjoyed this uh, series uh, so much, this Big Finish series. Right. That I'm kind of like, ah, I'd like to go back and, and, and see all their appearances on Doctor Who again, because it just made me appreciate them all more. Well, it was interesting because with the Matt Smith era, they were becoming semi-regulars on the series. Well, they were on quite a bit. Yeah, because they also had the, uh, what was it, the Scarlet? The Crimson. The Crimson uh, Horror. The Crimson Horror. Yeah, Crimson Horror. And then also the uh, one where Matt Smith basically goes back to Tensilor. And and they're in the first Capaldi. Right. They're in the, and that was the last time they were on TV. So, and it was, I was disappointed that they didn't come back more with Capaldi because I think that would have been really good. It, yeah, actually, they had a good dynamic. Mm-hmm, exactly. It, it's amazing how how well they work in audio. I mean, they're, I mean, kudos to these performers because those per- personalities come right through. I mean, I'm, you really, you really feel like you're there with with Bastra and Jenny and Strax. I'm sure the actors loved it because they didn't have to have like four hours of makeup <laughs> each. <laughs> makeup, <laughs> and the costuming. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I wonder if uh, particularly um, uh, the actress that plays Vastra, I kind of wondered if she must have had to do something because I'm sure the makeup and everything kind of affects her speech. And maybe this is true of Strax as well. So I'm wondering how uh, they they kind of, uh, if they did anything to sort of help that at all, because it sounded fine to me. But, um, you know, obviously when you're talking through uh, all that prosthetic, um, it's going to change your tone a little bit and maybe your 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 audio. She actually talked about that in one of the behind the scenes things and that but even when she was performing on tv she said it was difficult because the voice sounded very because of the way the mask and the prosthetics were she sounded very different to herself (laughs) from speaking within the mask than she did you know to everyone else around her and she had to kind of compensate for that yeah yeah i can imagine i mean you're right it does sound pretty seamless uh and we kind of got a preview of this series when we uh recorded a review of uh 8th of march correct i think that was like almost like their audition like to see how they would do an audio format you know i knew they probably were already planning on it but they said let's put this 8th of march out there to see how these characters are received on audio and if it was and it, and they i think that one was the best one of those stories if I remember yeah, correctly. Actually, yeah. And I think I we mean, said I, that in the review. I think we said that as well. And that's why I was no, it was, it's no surprise to me after listening to this Heritage, the first volume of Heritage, that, uh, look, I'm going to go right and say, I think this is one of the best things I've, I've listened to from Big Finish. This is, I agree. Yeah. Uh, this was really well produced. Um, I, now, the fact that, you know, this takes place in, uh, you know, the late 1800s, I think kind of just 
fits really well that sort of and they they don't mind dipping into a lot of the the things that were going on at the time whether it be like actual things or stories there's so much to tell there there's so much to already that's already been told i mean this is a, an area which has been mined a lot uh for stories and everything like that but yet i i didn't feel like this was really just kind of um you know, it's just sort of standard for that. I thought it was still adding something new to it. It still felt fresh to me. No, totally agree. It was fresh and it, it was great stories. And I loved when they met their doppelgangers. It was just awesome. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was pretty funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it is. It, 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 it kind of threw me a little bit because I was like, Oh really? A Centauran, you know, a Silurian and another human. I'm like, really? Like what are the odds? But uh, the Bloomsbury bunch did seem kind of interesting. And I know we'll, you know, obviously we'll see them again or hear them. Again. Yeah. I oh, almost, totally. I almost in a way wish we wouldn't because that's actually something that could get old. Right. <laughs> because they're just sort of slightly off. They're like, less competent, less noble, uh, and they occupy different roles within the gang, but it's just, it's kind of a, I don't know, in a way it's a one-note gag, and I, it worked in this story. It's totally different, Mary. I mean, in this, in, in their relationship, it's the Centauri and the human that are together. Yeah, yes, it's totally it's different. T- totally different, not at all alike. Yeah, I I get it. It is kind of it's kind of like um, you know, that scene in um uh I'm drawing a blank here. Uh Shaun of the Dead, right? Where like they meet their doppelgangers for like a brief second or two and it's really funny, but if they had been in there more than that, uh I think they do show up at the end, but spoilers. Um but uh um but if if they had been through like the rest of the movie or whatever, it would have been kind of it would have kind of gotten old and and yeah if they're used spottingly like you know once or maybe not even once a a, a series of this right then mm-hmm. that would be okay i mean um, it might be kind of funny if they just sort of showed up and made cameos periodically mm-hmm. right well that's the thing though because you know i think vastra's you know doppelganger i think there's a re- there has to explain why she's not able to sense her, that she was alive, you know, or awake, I should say. And, you know, cause they, she, they went way too much into that. And there has to be some story about that. Oh yeah. I'm not sure they're going to bring them back. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm also kind of confused cause I don't really remember the fate of the Salarians either. Like, I didn't recall Bastard being like the last one of her people, but I guess she, well, now she's not, but, but I didn't, is so they're all, the rest of them are all gone. No, they're all sleeping. They're all sleeping. That's see, that's what I thought. They're all yeah. sleeping. They're all in uh, suspended animation or sleeping or whatever, you know, still in the, their caves. Gotcha. And, you know, but they're able to sense each other if one's on above ground. We did uh, two other Silurian stories this year, right? Yeah, um, well, it's, I mean, the thing about the Silurians is it depends on what you're watching or listening to. Sometimes they've all been destroyed and sometimes they're all sleeping. It, it's basically exactly who's writing, who's writing them, who's, you know, created the, the story and, hey, do we have future stories for them type thing? 
Yeah, well, they're, they're, my understanding is, and you know, I think it was set up in one of the other stories that we listened to or watched, sorry, earlier this year, is that there are different tribes of them, right? So um, you could destroy one tribe, but there yeah, might there be, be others more. sleeping somewhere else, right? Well, you would th- it would actually make sense if they had different, you know, places they had retreated to to hibernate. That would actually make sense. So I could see them, you know, retroconning things. Oh, exactly. But, but, but still, I think the point was just if if, the, if there were two of them awake and on the surface of the earth, <laughs> supposedly they, they should have known. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. And so, yeah. And I liked how you actually had a Santarin out for profit, not out for the army. Yeah, I keep and, thinking of the Ferengi. Yeah, <laughs> very much so. <laughs> Good call. And I was thinking of Mr. Potato Head with the fake mustache and everything <laughs> with, with, this, with this one. Oh, when he was the Barker. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was surprised because I think most of the other ones, certainly with the River Song, we always get, you know, for every series, we always get four stories. So I was really surprised to see that we only got three here. I know, I was um, ready for the next one. And now the behind the scenes. What? <laughs> you know? Wait. No, that can't be. But yeah, they, were, like, they were three good ones. But <laughs> yes, I think I, I will take quality over quantity any day, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. I mean, it le- it really did leave you wanting more, which is good. And it was, yeah. but it was interesting because, like, the photograph to remember, the whole thing about you know the dead coming back and such. That kind of reminded me of the Charles Dickens Night Doctor story. Oh yeah, it did me too. In some ways, and with the Gelf, and mm-hmm. it it was interesting. I was like thinking when you know they were first coming back and supposedly possessed and such. I was like, oh wait a minute is this the Gelf involved in this or something, you know, that they were reanimating bodies instead of, you know, and such. And it was just, it was awesome that way, but it was just like, I didn't mind that how the story turned out, you know, with the photographer and being basically the human lover of, and I liked how they had two males into each other, you know, cause they had, Jenny and Vastra, you know, for as a couple, why not have the the photographer and the other Santarin as a couple? That was a nice twist. Yeah, yeah I thought that is fine. I mean, it, and you know, I mean, there hasn't been a lot of you know representation that way, so it, it kind of works. I, I kind of like that spin on it too. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But the photographer was so whiny. He was actually my least favorite character. <laughs> oh, my know. art! My art! Mm-hmm. Oh, man, just shut up. <laughs> um, yeah, I had just watched, uh, man, something else that I had seen had, had a reference recently to post-mortem photography. And so it was kind of something that I, when I heard this, I was like, oh, well, I had just seen something about this recently. So I thought it was very, I don't know, it was something, and I can't recall what the other thing was that I saw it in. It was some movie or, or show or something. And, and uh, but I, I liked the idea of it. I liked the idea of using that as sort of uh, something that, because uh, it is creepy. I mean, in and of itself, it's creepy. Um, and it's not, you know, I, I like the idea of them using it uh, as a uh, device here. 
Mm -hmm. Exactly. I thought it was really well done. And, you know, each one of these stories moved very well. I love the whole thing with the cars, you know, and, you know, the basically, you know, how they, the cars were basically eating people and, you know, or becoming autonomous, kind of like, you know, Tesla. <laughs> <laughs> Transformers. And exactly. And it, it was pretty awesome. Yeah, the, the, the Victorian hook that they used for each one of these, whether it was um, the cars, the electric carriages or whatever in the first one, uh, the postmodern, uh, postmodern, postmortem uh, photography in the second, and then the, uh, the, um, uh, the astronomy uh, and the, the astronomy club in the second one and uh, the third one, I thought really were really neat points. And that's what I kind of liked about like, like these are areas of Victorian London during this era that we don't usually like, they haven't been tapped yet, at least not to my mm -hmm. knowledge. So that's why I, I thought it felt fresh. You know, it's the same setting. You know, we always see like the whole like Jack the Ripper type stuff or, you know, Sherlock Holmes type stuff or whatever. But this was like, this was kind of some new ground here. And I thought it was kind of interesting, you know, um, you know, even though I, I kind of half expected. I'm like, where are Yago and Lightfoot? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I thought that a couple times. No, too. I thought so also. <laughs> I mean, that's something that's going to have to happen at some point. Oh, well, although one of them, I don't know, Crossover. what do they do now? Because one of the actors is is deceased, right? Correct. Yeah, are they still actually? Are they still making those? I think one of them actually pops up in some of the mm -hmm. stories. Okay, gotcha. Maybe one of the future ones. Yeah. Because, so, yeah, that seems to be like, yeah, why wouldn't you do that, right? Because they, be, they should be right uh, down the street, right? Mm -hmm. so. Oh, exactly. But it was in, always interesting because I always thought, you know, it would be a great mass up. But, you know, it was like when they started doing the Django and Lightfoot Adventures for Big Finish, I was like, they're still alive? Because <laughs> I thought they were old <laughs> when they did the Tom Baker story. <laughs> Yep, well, I think that's one of the reasons why these stories work so well is they took this kind of quirky thing about Victorian life that's not necessarily well known, as you were saying, and built the whole story around it. Mm -hmm. And it worked really well. And it I, felt very Victorian. I mean, you really got a sense of, uh, you know, what life was like. I got lost a little bit listening to the Greenwich one. It was like, it didn't interest me as much as the uh, the first two. I didn't think it was as strong of a story. Because hmm. it, it was like, it, and then it turning out that the character was more of like a Dorian Gray type thing. You know? Yeah, I mean, that one, that one, of course, started with the, you know, the whole like kind of Ripper-esque, like, oh, people are disappearing, people are whatever. And so you're kind of wondering what's going on there. But it, it turns out, I thought, um, really inventive. And that one, you know, that one we get, I mean, it that one was, I thought, really well done because it really just builds and builds and builds. And then it's got like a, a crazy ending in which you're like, uh, that's the one where I kind of felt like, I mean, I didn't think that any of our, you know, characters would die. But man, uh, listening was, to an old Jenny and an old Strax was very disconcerting. Yeah, it was heartbreaking. I mean, oh. it's, Strax is almost childlike. And oh, very much so. And Jenny, I thought, oh, she's a goner. Jenny is just very self self sacrificing. Mm -hmm. It's just, but they they do such a good job, both of them. Um, 
Ben Starkey and Catherine Stewart uh, portraying that, and it's it's quite heartbreaking. And of course, Bastra saves the day. Mm -hmm. Of course, yeah. Would you expect anything less? <laughs> well, I mean, that's her thing, right? Exactly. You know, but, but, you, but yeah, it really, they did it well because I was on the edge of my seat, you know, listening to that. And it's, and you know, they're not, yeah. you know, they're going to like, They're okay. not going to kill them. But yet I'm like, wow, how are they, what are they going to, like, this is, yeah, this how are is they awful. Gonna get out of this? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I thought, um, you know, they did a really good job at, with, um, you know, conveying real consequence to these and, uh, and they, yeah, they really felt like they mattered. And I think that's something that they, you know, because, there's no, I mean, obviously at some point Chibnall or whoever could say like, we want to use them right at some point, but, and we could see them again, but more than likely not. So not. I think big finish has a lot of freedom here to be like, you know what, we can do whatever we want with these, these characters. And that lends a little bit more excitement to them because you know that, uh, you know, you don't know what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And it's interesting because technically these are side characters and it would be interesting if somehow one of them passed away or was killed during one of these adventures, it would be almost okay. Or some like some injury happens to them or something like that. Something that shakes up the foundation of the relationship between the three of them. I don't think they're going to have license to kill anybody. So I don't expect anything dramatic, but yet you can, I don't know. There's a, there's certainly with this, the last one, there was a sense of uh, foreboding that and danger that I hadn't experienced uh, in many of the other big finishes, to be honest with you. Um, and I thought it was just really well handled. So the writing, I think it's just one of those lightning strikes where the light, the, the writing, the, the performances and the direction, as well as the, the audio, um can we just give big finish some props here because the music in this one is amazingly excellent <laughs> i mean it's not as good you as like river it, song i know you like it better than the river song <laughs> stuff mikey i do i know shocking i didn't think anything outside of you know uh the macro tune could be better than the river <laughs> song theme but i gotta say and you know i mean look it, but again it's something like I don't want to take it for granted because Britain has been producing like Victorian era stories since the Victorian era. <laughs> so mm -hmm. I mean, so, uh, so they, they know, I mean, this is like nothing to them. They can, I mean, but, in order, but I think the real challenge is for them to come up with something fresh, something that doesn't feel like it's been tried and true before. And, and, you know, it might remind you a little bit of some other things. I mean, she is, after all, a detective walking around in Victorian England. I mean, that's something that we've seen a lot of. And if you're going to compare yourself and your characters to something as iconic as, say, oh, I don't know, Sherlock Holmes, you know, like, then you, you better, you know, you better give us something that, uh, that is going to be interesting. And, and I think they do a really good job. This is a great start to this series. And, and uh, look, you know, I love me some Alex, uh, Alex Kingston. I love me some River Song. And I'll be, I'll be curious. I am very interested to continue that series. But this is the first series that we've gotten from Big Finish that like, I'm like, you know what? I don't care if we're not going to review this for the show, whatever. I'm getting all of these. Okay. Yeah, they were that good. 
Yeah, they. This was the. This is the best series that I've heard from Big Finish, and I. I don't pretend that I've heard everything from Big Finish or anything like that. So I. I. You know, there's probably a lot of other great stuff out there, and I'm not saying that some of the other stuff is bad, not at all. But this just really uh, hit me, and I thought it was really well done and really produ- well produced, and and I want more. Okay, that's totally fair. I. The chemistry between the three of them is truly amazing. Uh, yeah, it's off the charts. Yes. 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 Mm-hmm. I, and I think this goes to show, like, this could be a series. Like, if they made this into an action series, uh, a, a live action series, I'd be all for it because I think the three characters are strong enough. And and if you have writing this strong, it could be, it could go, uh, it could go in places that some of the other doctors, less successful Doctor Usmanovs couldn't couldn't go. Oh, I absolutely agree. Mm-hmm. I mean, this definitely. Forget class. This is the one they should have spun <laughs> off. I'm sorry, what? What, 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 what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, the last spinoff I remember was Sarah Jane Adventures. Oh, yeah. Come on. Mary, you're just speaking nonsense. I don't know what you know. Gibber, what is this gibberish? Are you talking that, you know, we need some class or what are you trying to say? I am speaking in tongues. I know. This is this is crazy talk right here. But yeah, I mean that that says a lot for for the performers and the level of the writing and the direction that that it just it it's it's audio, but it it almost doesn't feel like audio. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's so um, it's just so well done and really catches you up in the story. And I just I love that mm-hmm. the stories moved really well too. They didn't. There weren't any like lull time in any of the three mm-hmm. i just happened to not enjoy the third one as much as mm-hmm. the first two but i enjoyed it just as much i enjoyed it anywhere i'd put it any three of these up with any of the river song ones we've heard mm-hmm. oh i put it away from them yeah. like you know i mean i hate to I say mean- it but i would i I, like I said, I put this above any of the other ones. That, uh, yeah, I would say the River Song ones are very uneven. I mm. mean, usually there's like one good one, two that are average, and one really bad one in there in their sets. And I mean, Alex Kingston's great throughout the whole thing. Of the course. writing, it's just so, not the same level of writing. That must have been what they did here. There was there were four, but they just didn't include the <laughs> bad one. The bad one. <laughs> Maybe that's why there were three. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's the same price as the four though. Like if you get this one, this series and you get uh river song, I think it's like you get four episodes of river song for the same price. You get three for this. And I don't understand how their pricing works, but uh, well, they just make it up. It's like airline pricing. <laughs> <laughs> you're not, you know, you're not wrong. Cause sometimes you're like, Oh, it's 1999. Other times it's like 35 bucks or what's like, like how do you determine how much it is? It's like, Oh, we just kind of, whatever wake up and go this is how we'll charge it this day Mm -hmm. oh i totally understand that and let's say let's you know hey we could have a sale lot next week but we know the crew from earth station who is buying it this week (laughs) (laughs) next week it'll be ten dollars i do know that the second series right now is available for twenty dollars so why why you can kids until we start talking about reviewing it of course well i don't think i'm going to i mean it just came out and i i don't think like i said i don't think i'm i'm gonna i mean obviously we're not gonna view it anytime real soon 
just simply because we've got new who to talk about. So, um, but I would, I would, yeah, I'm hoping that we can uh, uh, continue to review these because like I said, whether we do or not, I'm going to, I'm going to buy them. Oh, I, I guarantee we will be reviewing this before trial of a time Lord. I can guarantee it. <laughs> In fact, uh, it's interesting. I'm looking up uh, the second uh, volume that came out in October, and the first story is written by Dan Starkey. Yep. Yeah, I'm. I'm really interested to hear that one. So that's cool. And then, uh, and then the th- third one. I don't. The third one won't be out until May. So of next of next year. So. So, but you can pre-order that one for twenty dollars as well. I'm talking about the digital ones. I don't. Do you guys get the digital, or do you guys get the actually the hard copy? Always. Oh, the digital. digital. Yeah, me too. Digital all the way. Oh yeah, yeah, me too. If I was at a con or something and they were selling the hard copies of it, right, right. you know, for mega cheap, I would definitely do that. But you know, because how my car doesn't even have a CD player anymore in it, you know, so it's all digital. I'd have to digital, you know, put it on, get my computer and put it on, you know, transfer it onto my phone to listen to anyway, if it was on disc. So why, why have the stuff laying around? So might as well do that that way. I'm a, I'm a such a big fan of this series. Now, after listening to this, I was kind of like, damn, I wish I'd gotten like the, two of these two of the women's autographs when we met them like Eve McIntosh and Catherine Stewart I wish we I gotten their autographs now I'm like well now I will get them next time I see them especially and then I have to you know Dan Starkey as well would be fun yes but you know I think it's you know when we had because you know uh McIntosh was a couple years ago well actually three years ago right um and then Stewart was last year Right. Yes. And then actually, uh, two years yeah, ago. Year before. Yeah, yeah. Two years ago. they didn't do it last year. That's right. Right. So, or, or we should say this year. You know, two thousand. Right. Right. Gotcha. So, um, but you know, it must have been shortly thereafter where we uh, interviewed Stuart, where because we talked to her a little bit about this, and she did say she would be interested, but I don't. She didn't give us any clue that it was happening, and it must have happened shortly thereafter because. Uh, they've certainly got this out fast, if if not, you know. And that, she was just lying to us. <laughs> a celebrity lying to a podcast. I would never How ever after. No, no, no. Not just a podcast crew, but in front of everybody at Concast Come on now. Mm-hmm. She's so she is so sweet though. I, I I'm happy for her because at the time when we were talking to her, she was like not really sure what her next Where job her was next gonna job be. Was, yeah. <laughs> so I'm glad to see that uh she's getting getting paid. So give give her work. She's people, she's really good. Yeah, she is really good. And I think uh to your point, like that, this this shows it. I mean, I don't know how much you can really use audio to to put on your resume for for live action gigs, but uh yeah, it's pretty apparent that all three of them are pretty, pretty amazing. Mm-hmm, exactly. And you know what? I'm so pleased that we got the chance to listen to this and got to share it with you guys. Yeah. It also sounds like uh, at least uh, Macintosh and, and maybe Starkey had a little bit of input when this was being created. Uh, listening to this, uh, listening to the behind the scenes, it seems like they were 
they were talked to by the big Finnish producers about and asked like what direction that they would see their characters go in and what they would like to do. And, and I think they had a little bit more of an input than we might've heard from some of the other actors about doing things. Yeah. That's what it sounded like. It sounded like they met up beforehand and, and they were asked what, what they thought, what the direction should be. And the only reason Catherine Stewart wasn't there was she had another job. Right. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, not to not to say that well, they we don't care. They weren't ignoring her. Yeah. <laughs> we don't care about you, Jenny. Uh but um so that's cool. It's it looks like they're they're involved. I like I always like it when the actors are really involved into a level of behind the scenes. They don't just it's not just a job for them. They don't just show up, do their stuff and then leave. No matter how good they can do their stuff. It's like it's always nice when they have more of a uh an active role in in creatively in where they're Exactly. And it's nice that they do care about the input from the actors, especially I know they did the same thing like with Paul McGann, because there really wasn't a blueprint for the eighth doctor other than the movie. And, you know, so it was was not a direction they wanted to go. No, 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 no. So uh, now I know that certainly with River, we've seen that uh, one of the big, I don't know, I don't want to say gimmicks, but one of the things that they like to do with River is every, uh, I think, you know, team her up with different doctors, have different appearances by, you know, different other um, characters in the Doctor Universe. I think one of the series is that we haven't, maybe the next one that we're going to do or get to is... uh, uh, there's a bunch of masters that she runs across, you know, different uh, masters, forms of the master. I, I'm not like super like hoping for other Doctor Who characters to pop into this series. Although I do think, you know, uh, Jango Lightfoot makes sense. So of course. It, if, if they're referenced or there's an appearance there, that, that I would love that as long as it's not extensive. Um, what about you guys? Is there anybody else that you would love to see team up with this trio? Hmm. You know, I kind of really like them on their own. <laughs> I mean, I like I like the dynamic that they have. I'm not sure what would happen if you introduced another Doctor Who character like that. I mean, unless they were just a cameo or something like that. All right, I'm going to be a little controversial though. Who I would, <laughs> <laughs> I would like to see. Clara and me show up. Wow. You know, I still think I've had my quota of Clara. <laughs> mm. Yeah, you and yeah, you you are very controversial there. Well, right? Clara actually has an ex- has, you know, a relationship with these characters already. And, you know, she's met him with Matt Smith's doctor. Mm-hmm. And she's also, you know, you know, I think it would be pretty awesome to have well, it continue. But, you know, I don't think we'll ever see that. Well, I would not be surprised if at some point Big Finish doesn't try to, you know, mine that out. Like, you know what I mean? Like, well, uh, you know, Macy's not really doing anything since Game of Thrones is over with now, you know. So, you know, she could do that. And Clara's done being the queen. So, you know, she's free. I'm sure they're just sitting around eating bonbons, waiting for Big Finish to call. (laughs) Duh. Hello. How about Billy Piper? 
Who? Wow. Wow, boy. That's wow. a that's Mary gives Mike a shot across the bow. <laughs> wow. Why didn't you just make me throw up in my mouth again? Yeah. <laughs> Damn. I why love why don't we that. why don't we just have Colin Baker then show up? Come on. Oh, all right, all right, all right, all right. You guys are getting kind of crazy now. Um, look, it, obviously, I don't want it to be forced because obviously they're in a certain, you know, they're in Victorian England, right? So any any other uh, person that they would encounter, presumably, would be would have to be a time traveler, right? So, yeah. um, so that would be either Captain another, Jack. right? Well, that would be Captain Jack, mm-hmm. um, although. If he's, song. If, if he's if he's a oh man okay. <laughs> now, they, now they, I, they have encountered river before yes they true. have that's true nice. um that would be you know that would be probably i would say probably uh, okay with me as long as it, as long as her big finish music didn't come along with her as long as she appears on their show, not she, they appear not on the her other show. way around. Exactly, exactly, exactly. So, um, so yeah, I would be, I would be all over that. Um, but uh, yeah, like I said, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm not. I hope they don't have to force it. It doesn't look like in the next series, uh, the second one, that there's anybody. So that's good. Um, I do know that Strax has already appeared in a Django and Lightfoot uh, story. So, uh, so he appeared in one of those. I think that came out mm, in a few years ago. I think it was the last one that they did. Oh, really? Yeah, it was the. Uh, yeah, it was the last one that uh, that they recorded, I believe. So, um, I think it was. Yeah. So. That might be kind of something uh, of interest to listen to. Although, <laughs> okay, now I'm going to say something controversial. Although I think Mary can back me up on this. It's written by Justin Richards. So, ah! <laughs> so mm, I might pass. <laughs> uh, Justin, Richards, Justin Richards actually was a frequent contributor to the Jago and Lightfoot series. I did a little bit of little bit of research on them, and there there's uh they had like thirteen series that they did. Wow! Yeah, there was that many. Yeah, they did a ton of them, so they covered a lot of ground during this era. So for Big Finish, it might be kind of interesting to be like they might be like, well, how do we make sure we don't repeat ourselves with you know stuff that happened during this time period? And they might feel like it's already mined, you know. So, uh, but you know. If a lot of them were written by Justin Richards, then those could be done over. Um, we would so. only hope. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Justin, if you're listening, um, <laughs> which I'm sure you're not. But uh, I just, um, yeah, we just don't, uh, we just don't see eye to eye on stories. I'm afraid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> understandable understandable so all right we've talked a lot about this already do we want to have any final thoughts before we go ahead and rate i just uh you know i just i'm glad that uh, we decided to do this one i know that there's tons of big finish stuff out there heck there's a ton of jago lightfoot stuff out there that we uh haven't you know, even touched 
yeah, we could have done, but um, I'm glad we decided to do this and uh, I'm glad it paid off. Mm -hmm. Us too. Us too. Yeah. yeah. Well, very cool. All right. Go ahead and rate. Mary, you get to go first. Oh, I'm giving us a five. I loved it. Okay. I, I loved it all the way through. The performances are great. The writing is great. The production is great. Um, this okay. is some, I highly, highly recommend this for anyone who wants to jump into Big Finish um, because it is just, it, it's really fun to listen to. It's, it goes through very quick. The stories really flow and um, they're all sort of loosely connected and uh, the Victorian time period is well represented and I, I love it. Go, go check this out, people. It's, it's so well worth it. Okay, awesome. Mikey. I, uh, I'm going to leave a little bit of wiggle room and give it a four and a half, uh, because I, I, um, I, I have to say that as, as fun as the, uh, what do they call the Bloomsburg gang, uh, bunch, right? Um, Bloomsbury bunch. Yeah. Yeah. As That's the way as, we became. As funny <laughs> as they may be, I kind of feel like it's a little bit lazy, especially if they're going to be recurring um so uh you know i'll but i don't want to knock that i don't want to knock it too much for that uh so i'm just going to give it a four and a half because otherwise it's excellent like i said it's the best thing that i've heard from big finish and i'm i'm gonna i'm I'm on board for more so uh yeah so count me in okay i really enjoyed it also and i loved all the stories but the third one, not as much. I think that brought it down a little bit for me. I enjoyed the actors in it. I enjoyed, you know, where it took my mind. And that's what you want from an audio adventure is to take away from reality and bring you characters that you're rooting for or that you have feelings for or that you just want to, you know, cheer on. and. These are, that's the Paternoster gang for me. And this is what they brought to life. And I love that. And with me saying that, I'm going to probably give this a solid four. And it's not because it was weak. It was not, it was just, you know, I want to see where they go with this. I would love to see, you know, I want to see, I want to give them room to improve and get even better than they are already. I don't want to give them a five right off the bat. And, you know, then, you know, them not able to live up to that expectation. I want them to go forward and get even further with it. So I think that's a fair assessment. But we want to hear from you guys at home. What did you guys think? EarthStationWho at ESONetwork.com. We definitely would love to hear your thoughts on this one. And, you know, do you want, I know they're already, like we said earlier, they're planning four of these. Two of them have already come out already. And we'll probably review the next one probably over the summer. And, you know, now that we have Doctor Who coming up to us for the next nine weeks after, you know, New Year's, we have, you know, boom, 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 boom. After that, we're, we, who knows when Doctor Who's going to be back again. So we have a lot to get out there. And I think this is going to be a lot of fun. And I'm glad to be able to share it with you guys you know, my co-hosts and you guys at home. So this is pretty awesome. So 
let's wrap this up and we will be back. That's right. We'll be back sooner than you think. Cause after the first of the year, we're going to be coming back to you guys weekly and we are going to be talking all about the new series of Dr. Who. Oh, don't fear folks. We are here to talk all about it. And we are going to be looking at Spyfall parts one and two together. So we will probably be coming to you the second week of January with our reviews. And so don't think we're going away and we're not going to be doing it weekly. We are going to be doing weekly, but we thought since it's starting off with a two-parter, this is the best way to do it. So it's pretty darn awesome. So thank you. Thank you, everybody who listens, everyone who supports us, uh, who's giving us ratings. Um, it's, it's really awesome. We do love this. So, you know, with that being said, let me thank my co-hosts for this week. As always, Mr. Mike Gordon, it's always awesome to talk to you about this stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. And this was really fun. Um, and as always, it's my pleasure. And Mary, thank you so much. Oh, thank you. This was, I'm so glad we're doing some big finish and this was such a good one. Thanks for having me. No problem. You want to do a shout out about your work? You can find my artwork at maryogle.com or on Etsy at eVision Arts. Excellent. And from, you know, myself, Mike and Mary, you know, happy holidays to all of you guys at home who are listening to us. And, you know, thank you for being part of our extended family. We appreciate it more than you could ever guess. So until we talk to you next year with new Doctor Who, we will see you next time on the Earth Station Who podcast. Peace. And we are done. Woohoo! Yeah! Take that, 2019. <laughs> you have been listening to Earth Station Who, a bi-weekly pop culture podcast dedicated to all things Doctor Who, featuring talent from across the universe. All topics on the show are the sole opinions of the individual and are used for entertainment value alone. You can subscribe to our podcast up on iTunes, Stitcher, or follow our blog at www.esopodcast.com. You can also follow us up on Facebook, Twitter, or Google+. If you enjoyed the show, please leave feedback up on iTunes. Hey, all This is Drew Leiter from the Earth Station DCU Podcast. And I'm here to tell you that Cletus and I are back. Yes, we uh, got one of the shuttlecrafts working that got marooned on a planet called Mogo. No, not the Green Lantern planet, but that's a story for another time. We're here to tell you we're back. We're back to talk about DC news. We're here to talk about comics. And of course, we're here to talk about DC television shows. We're very excited about talking Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover coming up. So make sure you... Tune in to listen to us right here on the ESO Network. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.